Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. All right, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about freedom and how much freedom is apparently too much freedom. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately, like like freedom in different aspects of life and, um, you know, been debating it with a few friends. Even Diego, the owner of Keep Talking, sent me something recently about like how much freedom is too much freedom. And anyway, it's um, let's just jump into it because... Um, especially like as someone from the U.S. like I am, we think about like freedom is like, oh yeah, freedom is, it's like, it's what our country is about, right? America, land of the free, you know? Um, and obviously like freedom of speech, there's a whole freedom of expression and all that. Now there are of course limitations on it. I've done other episodes on this in the recent past where I talk about how, well, especially during the pandemic, freedom of speech was a bit more limited in the U.S. Um, on certain topics. Anyway, it's, it's a whole long topic, but the point is, is um, still, you know, here in the U.S. and in much of what we would call the Western world, freedom is like the thing. It's like what, it, you know, it's like the core value, you know, is making people free from, whether it's free from slavery, from authoritarianism, from dictatorship, tyranny, whatever, right? Um, and so, you know, obviously, when we think about all of those things, we say, yes, well, freedom is a great thing. Obviously, we don't want to have a society where people are slaves. We don't want to have a society where people live under dictatorship. We want, um, you know, um, yeah, we want, we want freedom. Now, the interesting thing is, and it was funny because uh, when Diego sent me this video recently about um, – it was it was some guy who was talking. I forget his name. Was it is it Eric Fromm? No, I'm probably probably misquoting that. But some guy wrote a book talking about freedom, like how essentially, I'm probably I probably misunderstood a little bit. I like listened to this podcast while I was making food, so didn't really like listen that closely. But um, it was essentially how whenever there's an authoritarian regime, like even the people who become oppressed and go along with it in certain ways want authoritarianism and I can't remember what else exactly but like the bottom line is when certain political regimes come to power um, it's uh, that like even the people who are not free underneath it it's because they don't want freedom or the people who go along with it like I'm, I'm misquoting it I'm misquoting it slightly um, but the point is in certain ways a lot of people don't actually want to be politically free that was the the theory of this so that's something and I'm not like I didn't research that aspect of it heavily um, and that's something I just kind of want you to kind of think about um, just as like yeah whether or not people actually want true freedom politically now that's not really what this is about what this is about this episode is about is how much freedom we want like in in I guess a non-political way right thinking about like in our daily lives with the the daily tasks that we have to do and things like that uh, because I would argue that one of the issues that we have as modern human beings in 2023 is that we sometimes have too many options I think as young people in particular it's hard because you can go you know uh, if you're lucky enough to be, you know, here's the thing, like you can, you're lucky, you're lucky to have all this freedom, you're lucky to have, you know, maybe the opportunity to go to college and, and study what you want, right? Like you're lucky to have that. 
But at the same time, it can create a lot of anxiety and a lack of clarity. You know, we've got a lot of confused young people, and I've put myself into that category for many years. Like, what do I do in this world? There's a lot of stuff. You know, it was, it, it was, it was theoretically more simple 50 or 100 years ago. You just, oh, you find a job at the local steel mill or whatever. Like, that's it. That's the option. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, my family is a family of farmers. Okay, I'm going to farm. You know, I'm going to get the farmland and farm it. That's what I do. That's it. I'm going to marry the girl from up the street because she's the only girl within 100 miles. <laughs> no, like, but in all of these areas, life seems simpler. And is it as, is it as cool, right? Like, is it, is it more, is it cooler now to be able to be like, oh, you know, yeah, I can do whatever I want in this world. I could start up my own company or I could work for some, you know, big, um, I don't know, whatever you want to do. I could start up some amazing company. I could travel to freaking Dubai or whatever and I could, you know, meet some supermodel chicks. And I'm like, okay, like, like, yeah, that's the dream and that's an amazing, amazing thing, you know, for the people that that works out for. But then for some of us at the same time, it's like all of this freedom and all these possibilities kind of just lead to confusion and anxiety. And because I'm a big believer that humans really do, I believe we seek simplicity in as many areas as possible. I don't think that we like when, I, I don't think we like having complex decisions that face us. And I talk about this all the time, how I'm much more of a believer in just making a decision. I'm a believer in imperfect action. I think that decision fatigue, uh, you know, inaction or no decision is, is worse than uh, than a, a failed action or like the wrong decision. I'm a big believer in that nowadays. Um, and so in general, I just, I seek simplicity as much as possible in my decision-making and in my life. And um, like there, there are multiple areas where having honestly like too much freedom and too many options can become an issue. And the first one is just kind of that, that big one I talked about, which is like, you know, and what you might study or what you might do for work. Um, like I said, we could debate the pros and cons of this. The big pro is that you can do, you know, especially if you're lucky enough to get a university education, you can do almost like any type of job in this world if you study for it and train for it correctly. Um, but the, the case can be made that we get too much freedom in that area. Even like, like daily tasks. See, here's an interesting one. Like for me, if you're a person who's like me, who is in general just kind of like a like a worker bee. Does that make sense? Like I'm not, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree. Like I'm not, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box or whatever saying you want to use. Like I'm not the, I'm not the smartest genius out there in this world, but like I will get to work on stuff. Okay. And like, even in the, the areas where I've developed a lot of, where people see me as being really smart, like knowing five languages, it's not cause I'm some genius. Like, yeah, I have a little bit more capacity for learning languages, but it's cause I just got to work. Like I just, I sat down every day and said, okay, this is the language I'm studying and I'm going to study it for 30 minutes, one hour, two hour, even three hours, whatever. Like I'm going to do that every day for a year or for two years. Like this is how you do it. Like this is my method. My method to achieving things in life is just get to work. <laughs> and um, so I, I don't really consider myself to be like some, you know, incredible, incredibly smart person or anything like that. Um, and so for a personality like mine, um, who is just kind of like a let's get to work type personality or let's, let's, let's do something, you know, whether this is an actual job we're working on or whether this is recording podcast episodes or learning languages or whatever, when you have that personality like mine who just wants to be doing something, to be working on something at all times, what is the worst type of day you can have, arguably? Not like the worst in the whole world, but like a, what is a bad day? What does a bad day look like? A bad day is a day where you don't have to work 
okay? You don't have to work and you don't really have anything else planned and you're not working on anything in particular, okay? Because then what are you doing? Well, you're sitting there. You're sitting there. And some of you who are better sitters than I am are capable of doing things like watching TV or just chilling at the pool or whatever. And I like that just does not work for me. It just creates massive anxiety when I'm not uh, like working on something, okay, or doing something. Even if, like it, it, you could argue like, Sean, none of the stuff that you're talking about doing is actually productive. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's fine. But it's productive for me because it's keeping me out of an anxious headspace. It's better for my mental health. Does that make sense? Like we could debate all day long about whether or not like this is healthy and it's mentally healthy to always need to have something to do or whether the stuff that I do, you know, on certain days is productive or worthwhile for society. We could certainly debate that, but I still argue that it's good for me because it keeps me from going crazy. Okay. Um, so anyway, busy work is very important for, for me, for the worker bees like me. And, um, like the reason I say this is because I feel like when we have too much freedom, like when we when we start off a day, even just li- like living life day by day, because I'm a believer in you know the best way to improve our lives is to improve the way we feel physically and mentally as much as possible day by day, right? Rather than look at it as like a five year plan, just work at it, work on it as a day by day type of thing, right? Now, um, for me, <clears throat> like day by day, the best type of day is one where, you know, you don't want it to be too stressful, right? Or you don't want to have tasks that totally overwhelm you or just like really, really make you, you know, nervous or whatever. But like the best type of day is one where you have, for me, like a a series of things that need to be done. And it's pretty clearly defined. Now, sure, like, yeah, the best type of day is one where I spend some time with other people as well, whether it's, you know, having dinner with some friends or family or whatever, or doing an activity with somebody, that's great, right? But in general, there is an element, since I don't think me or you or anybody else is capable of, like, being with other people and, like, doing things with other people, activities 24 hours a day. I just don't think there's many of us that can do that. Some of you sex addicts out there are probably like, oh, I could have sex all day. No, sorry. Bad joke, bad joke. I'm trying to keep it... Um, keep it not explicit here in this podcast and it's not really working for me but um so like for me there should be some element of a to-do list every day that's how i work best that's what keeps me in a better emotional place like okay these are the things i gotta do do them right um what's on my to-do list very simple do this do this do this do this done okay for me i like that okay it's nice and simple it's clear on what i have to do it doesn't leave room for for you know confusion and anxiety and i would argue that most of us do not like a day where well it maybe depends on the personality but i certainly don't like a day that has too much freedom where i just wake up in the morning i'm like oh okay nothing planned do whatever you want <laughs> like i don't know that causes me a lot of anxiety some of you out there might say well sean's because you're boring you can't think of fun stuff to do you know what shut up that's all i got for you right now but okay let's talk about um let's talk about like the last point I wanted to talk about is the point about relationships. Um, because I also think that possibly having too many options for a partner is an issue as well. And it can't even make you, well, okay. <clears throat> on the one hand, it's great. Like we have all these dating apps and things like that. And I've talked in this podcast about how I've been on dating apps and stuff recently. And it's great to know what options are out there. Like in general, I think it's better 
it, when you're starting to date to try to create as many options as possible. I do think that that's good advice is to be, you know, meet, meeting people in person and using the dating apps, whatever. I do think that it's good to try to have as many options as possible, especially for males. And we could get into the differences between men and women. Um, with that being said, though, I think it can be detrimental when you have all of these options because I do think it can make it a bit harder to commit. I've had this issue myself just because, in general, my opinion is that we will never find a person who is – well, I don't really believe in soulmates, for one. Um, but I don't think we will ever find a person who meets – who is everything that we want. There will always be certain things about the person in certain areas where, like, eh, I don't really like her that much or him that much in that area. But whatever, you won't find a perfect person. And I think that part of the thing with having all of these options is you're always kind of out there on the lookout saying, oh, well, what about this person that I'm seeing online or here or whatever? You know, like there's so many different options available. It kind of makes you think, hmm, it makes it harder to commit to an individual person. I really do think that that, that can be an issue. Um, and in a certain way, like I said, in terms of what's best for the individual and what's best for society, a bit more of a traditional, you know, society, like I mentioned in the earlier examples, like, oh, I'm, I'm a guy who was born in 1920. I got a job at the steel mill or whatever the heck they were doing in 1920. I got a job at the steel mill up the road. And then I married the girl from up the road because she was the only girl that's, you know, my age group and is kind of pretty up the road. And like, that's what we did. And then we made a family with two kids or three kids or four kids or 14 kids or however many kids they were having back in 1920, you know, like, <laughs> um, that is a reference, by the way, to my late grandfather's family of 14 children. But anyway, um, yeah, like it, it might have been just better for society that way. We live in a society right now where there's just like so much like freedom and opportunity that it kind of like leads to confusion and people don't know what to do. I, I would argue that it may be harder to start a family now than it was back then. And I don't have statistics on this, but I don't know. These are just some of the ways in which... Yeah, in which um, having too much freedom may not be good for us. And, like, you think about it, you know, like, just in general in life, it's not good for us to have, like, that, like that much freedom. I mean, okay, why do we raise kids with a di discipline and with limits on what they can do? You know, obviously, if they had total freedom, they would do things that are detrimental to themselves. Um, and you know what else was interesting? I was reading this article or talking about this topic, and... Like it said in general how most people get angry when they are told what to do. I would actually argue like, like at least in my experience, I don't think that is the case. Sure, I don't think we want to be told to do all the time by some government or by like a boss that we don't like or whatever. But like as long as we're being told what to do by someone that we respect and we know that we, you know, whether it's a boss, you don't have to love your boss, but like. I would actually argue that most of us operate pretty well when we are told what to do, whether it's a boss, teacher, parent, whatever. Like, okay, maybe the even better option is to be when is when we tell ourselves what to do, you know? Because um, I guess, sure, like maybe nobody likes to be bossed around, but like maybe, I don't know, you get what I'm saying? Like, like I think that it's... Um, I still I think it's better sometimes if we just are told exactly what to do. And you can make the case that, yeah, well, okay, 
live life in a way where you tell yourself exactly what to do. Now, some of like the real um, deep psychological people would be like, well, yes, you have to let your conscience tell you exactly what to do. Or maybe it's even God who tells you exactly what to do and then you, you execute it, right? But, but the principle I'm going by here is that I think that we actually like it when we are told exactly what to do, whether that's by another person, an inner voice in our head, God, the universe, whatever, our conscience, I don't know. Um, I think that we actually like that just because we like simplicity and we like clarity and knowing exactly what we have to do. So I don't know, some stuff for you guys to ponder. Think about it. Love you all. We'll talk again soon. Peace.